0: Brass One, coming at you from Long Beach from the Bradley's House podcast.
1: Hey guys, welcome back. Come on in, make yourself at home as you should when you're a guest in Bradley's house. I am your co-host, Jared Orr. She is the executive director of the Noel Family Foundation, and more importantly today, our host, Ms. Kelly Noel. Kelly, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Jared. How are you? Better than I deserve, Kelly. I'm telling (laughs) you. Um, I'm out here living the dream and uh, we're getting ready to do another amazing episode of Bradley's house. I always get excited for that anytime I get to uh, hang out and chat with you and then you always set up these amazing guests for us and the listeners and today is no different. Kelly, who's our house guest today?
2: Today we have someone that I think it's safe to say we're all super excited about. I know Anna, our producer, is thrilled. I know you and I are stoked. Today we have a gentleman who plays the bass guitar and does vocals for Mad Caddies, who this is my favorite thing. They are ska, punk, reggae, jazz, Dixieland, and Sea Shanties. We have Graham Palmer with us today. Graham, thank you so much for being on the show.
3: No problem. Thanks for having us. I love the the sea shanties thing. I, mean, I think <laughs> I we've got maybe like I, I think we've got maybe one or two of those types of songs, but I know it's on the Wikipedia. So yeah, we're oh. will own it one hundred percent.
2: I'm all about it because my oldest son got into sea shanties during COVID, and he was like listening to them constantly. And so that's I'm awesome. like, well, you like sea shanties? Check out this. And he was cool. he was stoked. So yeah, that that's a legit thing in my household. Oddly enough.
3: That's great, but yeah, right.
2: I I love that you guys are so varied, and I think that that's what what people love so much about the Caddies is that you guys have such a diverse sound, you know, because there's so many bands that kind of stick in their genre, you know, in the lines of of what they're expected to do, but but you guys are kind of known for doing the unexpected. I think that's awesome.
3: Yeah, we appreciate that, and and I think that's something that since the band started, we've always tried to do. We certainly are a ska punk band, and we're completely happy with that but we've always tried to introduce other genres or or experiment with things sometimes they've worked sometimes they haven't and uh you know um it, it's been fun so potentially at times we've shot ourselves in the foot over it because we're not <laughs> ska punk enough you know but um uh it's it's yeah it's it's a fun ride and it's that's what keeps us interested in it 27 years in is still still trying to try something different on the next record or or whatever you know
2: where do the different sounds come from is it just whoever's kind of thrown out ideas for songs says hey let's try some jazz or hey let's throw in some Dixieland
3: yeah I think so Uh, I originally in you know in the early days Sasha had Sasha our guitar player and he's always Mm -hmm. credited as playing banjo as well and he does Sometimes live as well, but uh, on records for sure. I think the that sort of Dixieland thing um, came from Sasha early on. And then as we became known for that and, and experimenting with different things, I think we've just tried all sorts of different stuff. And as the band has gotten older and, and had members come in and out and those types of things, I think uh, with all the different influences and all the different songwriters, it just sort of manifested itself naturally, you know.
2: I love it. And while we're on the topic, for the house that Bradley built, you guys covered new song, and you mm-hmm. totally gave it a Dixieland vibe.
3: We did. Um, that was a really fun project for us, and you know, we we were honored to be asked to do it. And that it's such a such a fun song, the original version, but mm. of course, uh, you know, we we wanted to to make it a little bit caddies. So, um, that tune in particular, we all sort of arranged together, but, um, Sasha and Todd actually, our drummer, um, really worked hard on the arrangement to, to give it its own feel, you know?
2: That's fabulous. It was definitely one yeah. of the standouts on the album for me. Just so, uh, it's so great when you hear a song reinterpreted and yet, you know, still so fabulous. And so, um, so in the caddy style, but yet still paying homage to the original song. It was great. And thank you guys for doing that, by the way.
3: Of course. I mean, thanks for asking us. Again, it was, it was a fun project for us. And, you know, it's kind of funny. We had just, well, not just, but a year or so prior to being asked to do that, our most recent recording was a cover album that we did with Fat Mike. We, we did some old punk songs and made them reggae. Mm-hmm. So we were already kind of in that mode of, well, let's take this song we love and try and change it up. And both do it justice and make it our own at the same time. Right. So when we got asked to do this project, it's like, yeah, we're, we're a cover band. That's what we do. This is great. <laughs> yeah.
2: now, is that and we know, we...
1: we know there was no sublime songs on fat Mike's cover album
3: project. I can guarantee you that <laughs> there was not, you know, and, and no, oh. not to go on a, on a, on a tangent, but we love Mike. He's, you know, he's, we've been on fat records forever and he's family and really a large part of why we have a career. But, uh, deciding the songs and what bands we were going to do uh, was, was tough, you know, and we'd even bring, bring up a band like the Ramones, you know, like, well, mm. we we can't do a, a punk album and not have a Ramone song on it. And Mike would be like, yeah, you know, they're not really punk. And, you know, okay, fine, <laughs> that, <that's cool." laughs> um, he, he's got a He's got his own version of, uh, of, of what punk is. And believe me, he's right. He's Mike's a smart guy and he knows what he's doing, but yeah, we, that that was a fun discussion figuring out which bands we were going to cover and then beyond that, you know what songs from those bands. So yeah,
2: is that the album where you guys covered sorrow? Uh,
3: yes, it is. Yep, yeah, exactly.
2: That was a great one. I love that. That one. was
3: that. Thank you. Uh, that was one of the tougher ones to do on the album for sure. And that's you know Mike was the producer on that record and that was one of the more collaborative, uh, songs on it and one that he had had a big hand in and he's such a big bad religion fan to begin with mm-hmm. so yeah we we had to tread lightly with uh, any bad religion <laughs> we covered you know right
2: <laughs> now you guys are from is it considered central california up there
3: yeah c- central okay. coast so any central anything coast. from ventura santa barbara and san luis Obispo counties are all what uh what we call the central coast so yeah we most of us grew up just outside of Santa Barbara in the San Inez Valley where Solvang and Buellton is. And, um, you know, everybody lives in different places now. But yeah, that, that's where the band originated.
2: Nice. So we grew up taking road trips with our mom up north. And I would mentioned this to you before. Whenever I hear Buellton, I think of P. Soup Anderson's because literally every time we would drive up, we would stop in Buellton at P. Soup Anderson's for obviously pea soup, but it was such a huge part of my childhood. And I, I didn't realize that that's where you guys were from. I was, that was really cool to find that out. So no, yeah, Brad cool. and I it, were up in your neck of the woods quite a bit.
3: That That's awesome. When, when you mentioned that in the email, it's like that, that that's so cool. It's this, it's a small town here. And especially, you know, 20 plus years ago and you guys are coming up here it was even smaller. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, pea soup Anderson's is, is about a mile or even less, maybe three quarters of a mile oh my from gosh. my house now where my wife and my baby daughter live. And yeah, oh it's, it's still a staple. I, I can't remember if I mentioned this in email, but it just actually sold. And <gasps> I mean, there was an article in like the Washington Post about it. It's like, God, oh, is yeah, this, it's big big. Is that, is that news? <laughs> like, Jesus. That is
2: big news. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, That was very generous of you to to say 20 plus years ago, but we're talking like 40 years ago. (laughs) I was going to say, we're not all all just going to skip over that, are we? (laughs) No, I'm not going to let that go.
3: I I, I try to be gentle when I'm talking about uh, how old we all are. You're
2: a wise man. Very good. So (laughs) what was it like growing up in that area?
3: So uh, I'll say, and we've always said this, that it was a great place to grow up if you were were playing music, if you were a kid you know, with a guitar or a drum set, it's, it, it, these days it's adult Disneyland. There's 300 wineries there, you know, it's restaurant, it's a tourism hub. And, and, and it was in those days as well, but for us growing up, you know, obviously it's all we knew, but from very early on from fifth, sixth grade, whether or not you took, some of us took music lessons as kids. Some of us didn't, but by fifth or sixth grade, you were jamming with, with buddies in, barns and guest houses because you know there, there, there's space to do that up here and, and you, you know it, our first shows were at somebody's ranch or somebody's horse you know barn or something like that and that that's just how oh. we grew up so we we grew up in an area where you were able to make loud noise uh mm. and Without you know pissing really. Off the neighbors. Sort, yeah exactly mm. um so it was for that it was it was pretty cool. Other than that, it was a small town, and you know, it's it's a nice area. We a, a number of us still live here, or still have family here, so you know, it's it's a good spot. We're we're from Santa Barbara County, that's for sure, and I think it shows. Yeah.
2: When did you guys? Well, when did you particularly start playing?
3: Uh, I, my mom was a music teacher, so I was, I was playing, playing instruments pretty young. I was playing piano and violin at like four and five years old. Not that I was wow. any good at it, but, but, <laughs> but they, I, I was just exposed to it, you know? Yeah. So, um, but I think I, I, I've said this a lot, but I think my parents were very good at exposing me to instruments and music, but not forcing it. So it was always something I enjoyed and not something I had to do. And, um, that I, I teach a, a little bit now. Yeah, exactly. And I teach now and I have a daughter and I I try to, to continue that because as much as I, I mean, music's just such a big part of my life and always will be um, as a teacher and an instructor, I want it to be fun for people and, and fun for kids and something that's, that's, you know, that they enjoy because that's really what music is for all of us, right? Whether we're listening to it or playing it, it's, it's a gift, you know, that we've been given. So let's, let's enjoy it. And Uh, I I definitely had friends growing up that that quit, you know, that were very good, you know, maybe better than Mm me at certain instruments, but quit because, you know, they didn't want to. They wanted to go skateboard or something like that, which is also awesome. And I did that as well. But um, music should be uh, something that we all enjoy. So I, I try to continue that philosophy.
2: Absolutely. So you say your mom was a music teacher. Did she teach at a local school? or where
3: did she, she taught here. Yeah. She, a, a number of places. I, I was born in LA or Pasadena and we, we lived oh. there in my early childhood and she was a piano teacher and uh school teacher there. And then we moved up here and, and she did sort of the same thing uh, back in the day when music was a thing in public schools, right?
2: Right. <laughs> and it's not, that.
3: it's, it's not that way anymore at all. Uh, it's, uh, you know, clearly, but uh, yeah, she, she taught at local public schools here and uh, you know, always had a piano in her classroom, even if she was just a fourth grade teacher, you know, I'll still run into kids in, in my hometown that don't know or remember who I was, but like, oh yeah, I remember your mom. She would play us, <laughs> you know, Beatles songs on the piano. It's like, yeah, yeah, that was my mom. That's, her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, That's totally.
2: cool. That's really cool. Our mom's a piano teacher also, never a school teacher, but piano teacher out of our home. That's awesome. Yeah. So yeah. the caddies started in 95, is that right?
3: Yep, ninety five uh, at at Stanislaus High School, and, and then um, when did you join? I didn't join until the mid two thousands. Uh, I was a little bit younger than the rest of the guys, uh, but I I grew up here and grew up with them. So the very first Mad Caddies show ever, I was at like as a kid and and a fan. Really? And just as Todd and I, the the original drummer of the Caddies, Todd is a few years older than I, and he was younger than the rest of the guys when they started. Uh, but he and I grew up you know, friends since we were five. So I was at those original shows and, you know, was a fan of the band before I actually joined. And, you know, of course I, I went to university at UCSB and, and other things while they were sort of cutting their teeth on the road and um, had my own bands, you know, and played in Santa Barbara and all that type of stuff. But uh was always a Caddy's fan and friends with those guys. And at one point the bass job sort of opened up and I wasn't even really a bass player. I played piano and guitar and drums, but like, yeah, sure. I can, I can learn these bass lines and, uh, you know, <laughs> that's, what need. Have, that's what you'll do. Huh? <laughs> it's, totally. And and that's the thing. It's like, yeah, bass players and drummers are always kind of needed. Um, and you know, I, I love to travel and the caddies, one thing about them, they've had, you know, that we, we, we go a lot of places. They've had good success in Europe and uh, yeah. a, a lot of other places. So for me, it was a, a cool opportunity to, you know, take a job and, and, and join a band that, uh, I could, travel around with. And they were obviously all old school friends. So it was a pretty easy decision when the opportunity came up.
2: You guys tour a
3: lot. Well, we certainly used to well, <laughs> before we couldn't right, anymore. Right. And, and, you know, uh, it, it, it sort of always goes in waves. Like if we've released an album and we're touring on an album cycle, we'll play a hundred plus shows in a year. But wow. there've been a number of years where I've been in the band where we, you know kind of had a break type of year and we'll go play a couple festivals in the summer in Europe and that's kind of it. So some some years we've played like 10 shows and and then some years yeah we played, you know, 130 or something like that. But we 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 do we 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 try to make them shorter these days. Um you know, people are married, have kids, all this stuff. So we we don't go out for much longer than two or three weeks at a time, but uh, we still enjoy it, and <laughs> amazingly, we still enjoy each other's company for the most part. So, yeah, it's uh, it's it's something that we still enjoy doing.
2: That's remarkable. I mean, you have that many guys in the band and have been together that long, and you know that kind of a touring schedule. It's really impressive that you guys can all manage to still get along after all this time.
3: We do. Uh, not that there haven't been some uh, late night tour bus blow ups for sure, but <laughs> sure, uh, sure. you know, um, yeah, we're and I think a lot of that is attributed to the fact that the core members of the band—Chuck, the singer; Sasha, the guitar player; Todd, the drummer; um, myself—now, uh, you know, we all grew up together. We've known. I, Sasha and I were taking guitar lessons together when I was six, and he was, you know, oh. eight or whatever. So we. Oh my god, I guess maybe he was nine or ten, but still, um, we've known each other a long time. So through all of each of our individual flaws and, and beef with each other, you know, we can still make it work.
2: That's amazing, that's really impressive. I know that that's a challenge with a lot of bands, especially it is you know, and especially
3: yeah. we you know there's there's seven of us you know playing Right, most that was of the exactly <laughs> you know and yeah, horn that's players a lot. and all this stuff, plus our crew and yeah it's it it's trying at times, but uh you know we we love playing music, and we'll do so as long as we're able to.
2: That's awesome. Well, I know we're all super stoked that you guys still are i mean twenty five years is a long time for a band to be around. But, um, you know, the guys have so many loyal followers that really appreciate the fact that you guys, you know, are still making music and still putting stuff out. And um, and that's I don't know, it's to your credit for sure.
3: Yeah, we uh, we need to remind ourselves that sometimes. But yeah, it it is. It is for
2: sure. And you've done some side projects, too, right?
3: All of us do. Yeah, Um, I've got a couple, you know, again, I've uh, I've had my own band for forever and, uh, you know, never really gone anywhere, but I love writing music and and putting stuff out. So I'm going to continue to do it. Um, I I have a, a few different little projects. Uh, Chuck's got a solo project. Our drummer, Todd has solo projects. Sasha, our guitar player is always working on stuff. Uh, our trumpet player, Mark is playing in the dirty heads now. Um, yeah, we, we we all we we as, as busy as we are as a band, we're you know none of us ever want to stop. So uh, even if we're not playing together, we're playing somewhere.
1: That's great. That no, I got I got to ask because it, it's something that I, I think about a lot. And one of the things that I love and respect uh, about the caddies is one of the same things that i love and respect so much about sublime is that um you guys kind of refuse to fall into a single genre you guys play the kind of music that you want to play and listening through to a set there's so many different sounds again we talked punk and ska and all that Have you ever had somebody try to sit you guys down and say, you need to focus on one of these type genres and just go for it? Do you get a lot of grief from fans that bitch that you're not punk enough or not ska enough? How do you deal with trying to please so many people at once?
3: That's a great question. And I think we're all still trying to figure it out, you know, 27 years in. But, you know, the easy answer is yes. We, We hear all, you know... Mike's been, Fat Mike, again, has been very supportive of, of us and all of our different styles over the years, but we're on a punk label, right? So, you know, we we there, there always needs to be a little bit of element of that and a lot of our releases that, you know, yeah, sure, sure, there's a bunch of Fat Records fans that have always said, oh, this this new stuff's not punk enough and, you know, that's fine. I mean, we can still write a punk tune and we usually put one or two on a record, but for us, you know, we, we want to do things that we're interested in as well. So it is a bit of a struggle to, to balance what we want to do, what our fans expect, but that's kind of art, right? Not that, you know, we're not amazing artists or anything, but we're we're out here trying to do our own thing and be expressive and, and, uh, and, and produce things. So yeah, to answer your question, yes, we hear all the time, especially from fans and, uh, German fans in particular, you know, this uh, <laughs> this new record, it's not fast enough. You know, we need more punk, more fast punk. So, yeah, we, we hear that a lot. And uh, we love playing our fast songs, but we're going to always evolve. That's the reason we're still around, you know, the reason we can still play with each other.
1: Can I just tell you how amazing that accent
3: was? It's kind
1: of like the <laughs> fucking highlight of my day so
3: far. I yeah, gonna, yeah. I, 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 <laughs> well, I'll say that I probably have the third best German accent in the band. <laughs> yeah, nice. Maybe second. Ch- Ch- Chuck's pretty good at it, but spend a lot of time there. We hear a lot of Germans tell us uh, what they want us to do. So um, yeah, Ger- Germany's been good to us and it- it's a great place. And we have a lot of friends there and our European booking agent is there. So yeah, we're in non-COVID times. We're there all the time sure that's uh
1: germany is an awesome place i've i've been there myself so it's uh it's crazy that you know like kelly mentioned you guys have a very loyal following of, of fans and I'm sure a lot of that goes with the longevity that you guys have been able to for so long continue to put stuff out and you're constantly out there touring um but I you know for for a band that just touches so many different genres um you know to have such a a strong loyal following it's certainly got to be something that you guys are uh, are extremely grateful for
3: absolutely yeah a hundred percent um I mean it sounds cheesy, but we we would not be anywhere without our fans and their loyalty and all that. And that that's just the truth. And we've had you know Europe's been good to us. I mean, we we play a lot of places in the states as well, but just in my my career, my tenure in the band, um, we we play a lot in Europe, and they're they're good to us. And and um, for us, it's always about going to the next place. Or really, we're all we we. <laughs> we like to travel and we like to go meet new people and, and, and play music for anybody that's interested. So yeah, it's, it's been a big part of it for us. And we're, we're very, very grateful and very thankful for anyone that's ever put on a Caddy's record.
1: Where is uh where would you say outside of your, your hometown, your home area there in, in California, is there like a, another spot, whether it be in the States or in Europe, that's just like, Crazy caddy country, like you guys circle it on the calendar. Like this fucking show is going to be nuts.
2: Catty
3: yeah, I, I mean, it, it, it's it, it's Germany. There, there's a lot of Europe. um Vienna, Austria, too, is always a banger on a tour. Well, our last big tour, big headlining tour in 2019, after the last record, we close in Vienna. Like we we always know that that's going to be a a banger. So Berlin, Vienna, Munich. Uh, Hamburg, uh, the, a lot of the Germanic-speaking cities, uh, uh, the U.K. too, for sure. Um, and then as far as the states, you know, we're kind of on the coasts. <laughs> we play a lot yeah. in California, do pretty well in California, um, East Coast as well, and then, you know, not as much in the middle. It's not that we don't love all of the fans that we have in the middle of the country, but, it, you know, 25, 27 years in, we know where... Where it works for us, right? And it, so, um, yeah, the easy answer: Germany, Austria. That's those are our usually our biggest shows, and we've done well at the festivals there. You know, we 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 play some festivals in the states, but um, a lot of the you know we played a lot of the big German festivals, Southside Hurricane. Um, you know, big bigger festivals that are outside just the punk genre. You know, so you'll be playing with Kendrick Lamar or um, Hasselhoff. You know, yeah, right. exactly. <laughs> we we've talked about that a lot. No, you're right for sure.
2: <laughs> you haven't really played with Hasselhoff, have you?
3: No, we have not. But we get that. You know, it's like, yep, we're big in Germany, just like David Hasselhoff. Yeah, <laughs>
2: but that's crazy. Yeah. Like, did you ever think when you started that that you would be huge in in some European countries? I mean, that's got to be pretty impressive.
3: It's it's fun, and, and no, I don't think so. And by the time I joined the band, we already kind of had a decent following there. But no, I think, it, you know, it, when the band started, they thought it would be cool to play a show in L.A., you know, like just a show. You know, there there wasn't any thought to, like, we can have a real career in Europe or anything like right. that.
2: Right, on the other side um, of the country.
3: Yeah, exactly. But uh, it, it's been fun for all of us. And, you know, honestly, I mean, music <laughs> music's a global global thing and right. um, it, it's fun to to see all these different shows in different places and, and and compare them all and different fans and different venues and different policies and all of this stuff and yeah. we've really we've really missed it in in the last couple of years we took a year off before the pandemic started
0: oh, no. after
3: our our album cycle for punk rock steady the cover record we took a year off and then 2020 was our 25th anniversary so we had a huge world tour planned we played the first show in Orlando in February and then we're driving to our next tour with flogging Molly, you know, March 15th, 2020, whatever it was when, when oh, uh, everything shut down. So yeah, it, we had, a, and I, you know, everybody's sick of talking about the pandemic. We don't need to bring it up too much, but 25th anniversary for us, we had a lot planned and, and it didn't happen, but uh, mm. Hey, things were a lot worse for a lot of other people. So if that's True. our biggest complaint, you know, yeah. we're, we're doing all right. That's true.
2: But it has been a big adjustment for a lot of people. And I think especially people in the music industry, because you don't have the option to, you know, go out and do anything. Have you guys been doing any live streams or anything?
3: We didn't. Um, we, we, recorded some stuff, you know, we did some things remotely. Um, we you know, everybody had studio work or some other things that they did, but we had a couple of live streams planned. Um, both of them didn't work out for various reasons. The one was rearing and ready to go, but it was November of 2020 and we were going to do it in our hometown and California was just going back down on extreme lockdown. So we yeah. we just we we shut it all off and um, it would have been nice to do something like that. And uh, we tried to do our best to stay engaged with fans and, and put music out and, you know, be online and all that type of stuff. But no, we didn't do a live stream or anything like that.
2: Yeah. Um, what are some of your influences? Like you personally, what are some artists that influenced you?
3: So, you know, again, growing up with uh with my mom as a piano teacher, I, I always say that my religious music is the Beatles, uh, that their, their whole catalog is just something that <laughs> your <religious> I, music. <laughs> I, I, I it, it's it, for my whole life that whether I'll go through phases where I'm listening to nothing but the Beatles, and then I'll go through, years where I don't really kind of listen to them and then I'll go back to them. Um, I, wow. there, there, I mean, the kinks, um, mm. I, I always kind of gravitate towards older music. Um, I mean, not, not just to say this cause I'm on this show, but for all of us, Sublime was a major influence on, on us and our sound and the scene that we were trying to become a part of that already existed yeah. b- because of uh, Bradley and, and sublime and, and all that. Um, you know, I, I I studied music in college, so I, I listened to chamber music and classical music and all sorts of stuff. And I, I personally always say that there are excellent representations of every genre and horrible representations of every genre. So it's best to, and now my daughter's three and a half months old, so I'm kind of new to this mm-hmm. father thing, but exposing her to music is a really important Thing to me, yes. and sort of navigating those waters and what's important. I, I right. I'm gonna con- try trying to continue that with every genre has good music and every sure. genre genre has bad music. So it's <laughs> it's finding the the gems in that. So um, you know, I don't know if that's really answers your question, but uh, I'm, I'm kind I try to be as all over the place as I can. Sasha in the Caddies is a great. He introduces us to all sorts of South American music, all you know, Cuban music, all of the you know. He's he's the guy in the band that if I'm listening to you know the new Daft Punk record or something that's on the radio, (laughs) he's like, yeah, well, check out this Cuban guy from the '60s that you've never heard of. You know, he's always got the 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 unique stuff. So great friends to have. I
1: love that guy.
3: Yeah, absolutely. No, no, seriously, Um, it's it's the best, and I think that we're. With you know six seven dudes in the band, a uh, lot of influences, a lot of lot of uh, different perspectives, and some of it's pop, some of it's rock, some of it's hip hop, some of it's you know classical, some of it's obscure South American music. We we try and run the gamut, and I think that's contributed to the Caddies even before I joined to to being pretty diverse and trying to work with nice. a lot of genres. You know, you'll
1: Absolutely. find that being a parent is going to uh, is going to change your music what you listen to quite a bit maybe not necessarily for you but i know for me you know growing up i listened to a lot of everything um and i used to be the guy that was like i'll i'm gonna be the old man in my minivan still listening to rap music like i just i like rap music and i'm just never not gonna like this and then like you know, me and the boys are headed to the store, and I, you know, pop in an old CD from '97, and it's, you know, first off, fuck your bitch, and, the, and I'm like, no, <laughs> we're not going to be listening to Tupac. Hit him up today. Uh, I wonder what they've got on the Disney Channel on XM. And
3: uh, <laughs> no, get, so I, I totally it's
1: it. Uh, it, it, it's definitely taken a, a a whole element out of my. Uh as far as my kids are concerned, Sublime only sings Hong Kong fully, and they haven't heard <laughs> any yeah. much else. So um but you know, being a parent is uh it's great, but it's gonna it's gonna change things a little bit. You'll see.
3: Yeah, I believe it. I believe it. And I'm taking this whole parent thing all in stride and I'm loving every minute of it so far.
1: Every minute of it, Graham? It's we're, on, we're we're okay there we go
3: we're honest. <laughs> yeah.
1: we're honest here man yeah. it's uh yeah you're b- right babies you're babies right. are t- babies are tough but it is uh it is extremely extremely rewarding now how old did you say your your child is
3: she's three and a half months
1: three and a half months so have you started mm-hmm. thinking about like tour plans and what that's going to look like. Are you now no longer as excited to get back out there or are there plans to bring mama and the baby along or how's that going to work?
3: Uh, I think sort of all of that. Um, we've got a couple of the caddies have a couple shows coming up in the next few months, but they're all sort of one off just, just weekend gigs. Um, you know, Saturday night type of things relatively close to home. Um, I I wouldn't be willing to go out on a four to six week tour right now, but we've already been navigating these waters with everybody's lives and stuff. So, no, I, I think I, I want to pl- I'm not going to stop playing music and, you know, there, there's no way of that. But I'm not looking forward to spending a night away from my baby girl in a couple of weeks, you know. Um, but I, I absolutely, as far as getting, uh, my wife, Rachel and my daughter Edie to come to a couple shows. Yeah, we're talking about it. Uh, I don't think it'll be one of these first few, but next year, you know, if the world's opened and we're going to play some big festivals in Europe. Yeah, that sounds great to bring my wife and daughter. Um, and. We've got some things in Australia and New Zealand planned and like, okay, cool. Well, then I can plan a little vacation with my wife and daughter in New Zealand when my daughter's one and a half and uh, that type of thing. So, yeah, I, I, you know, blending it all I think is going to be, be the key for sure. Well,
1: I don't know a ton about Australia, but from what I've heard, watch out for those dingoes with
3: your baby. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> god. Uh, Excellent reference there, love it. Oh my (laughs) god! I do what I can. Horrible. It's all good.
2: (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Graham. We really appreciate you taking the time to do this. And um, like I said, we've all really been looking forward to it. Um, It just so happens that our producer and Jared and I are all uh, Mad Caddies fans, so I was thrilled to have you on the House that Bradley Built, and stoked to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much.
3: Thanks for having me. It was fun. It was nice talking to you guys. And uh, yeah, we appreciate the support.
2: Now, Graham, before
1: we let you go, um, go ahead and let all of our listeners, although I'm sure they're all very familiar with you already, but just in case, um, where can they check out the Mad Caddies? You got social media, websites, YouTube pages, anything you want to plug, man, here's your opportunity.
3: Cool. Appreciate it. Yeah, we have all that stuff. Madcaddies.com is the easiest. It's got a list of our upcoming shows for this year. Uh, We're playing a little camp out in Northern California in a couple weeks. Uh, We're playing Vegas for Punk Rock Bowling at the end of the month. We're playing a Halloween show in Denver. All that's on madcaddies.com. And uh, uh, we're fairly active on Instagram, Madcaddies Official. Uh, Our YouTube's Madcaddies Official as well. And uh, you can find our uh, the lyric video that was done for a new song on Mad Caddy's official, which was awesome. Uh, that w- that was really well done. And we had a blast doing that song. So yeah, if if anybody listening hasn't, hasn't heard that, or hasn't checked it out yet, please do.
2: Oh, it's, it's awesome. Mm-hmm. It really is. Thanks. It's so wonderful. And I think it's a, it's a great um, example of, of what you guys are capable of too. So I think it's a, it's a wonderful introduction. One of my favorite things about the house that Bradley built was the fact that people have been introduced to so many different artists that they weren't aware of before. So hopefully if there are actually any of our listeners who have not heard of Mad Caddies before, hopefully it will give them an opportunity to check you guys out and enjoy a lot of the music that you guys have.
3: Yeah, cool. That's great.
2: Right on. Well, thanks again. We sure appreciate you.
3: uh, We appreciate you guys. Thanks for having me on. And uh, this was fun. Appreciate it. Thank you, man.
1: Well, Kelly, again, I, I know we say it all the time, but I really do get excited about getting to talk to, to some of these musicians. And uh, being a Mad Caddies fan, obviously, Anna's a huge Mad Caddies fan. I know you're a big fan. This was a lot of fun to to have this episode and, and to have Graham come on and chat with us.
2: It was. It was fun for all of us. And, you know, I've always thought that Everybody knew Mad Caddies all across the country. And um, I'm finding out that there's a lot of people that aren't familiar with them. And so hopefully this will be a great way for people to check out their music and and get to know them. Because they are so talented and such a wide range of sounds. And, um, you know, like Sublime, that is something that always attracts me is when you have a wide variety of sounds from one band. So hopefully people will check them out. And, of course, we've got some shows coming up September 18th. They'll be at the Happy Pines campout in Northern California, and September twenty sixth, they're playing the Punk Rock Bowling After Party in Las Vegas. So if you're anywhere on the West Coast, make sure you check those guys out.
1: They're like the fucking Beatles in Germany. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're huge there. So I don't know. It's uh, they are they're
2: huge in Germany, which is good. Which is that's great. right. Yeah. That's right.
1: <laughs> They're out there. So, guys, we hope you had as much fun uh with Graham and, and talking with him as we did. Um And you know why we're doing this, guys, and it is to raise awareness for the Knoll Family Foundation and to get the funds to get Bradley's house up and built. Now, each week we talk about lots of ways that you guys can get involved. You can visit the KnollFamilyFoundation.org. You can hit the link right there in the description of the show. Kelly, in case you didn't realize, I was pointing to it. That's that. Right there. That was, me. I
2: like the sound effect. Yes. Yeah.
1: yeah. Okay. So, so, so for everybody that's watching the show, you can just go ahead and uh, right there in the description, <laughs> there's a link tree set up. It'll get you to all of the places that you can help out. And Kelly, we actually have a little bit of a, a special announcement. We started talking about it a little bit, but there's even another way that people can get involved and help out with a special event that you've been setting up, right?
2: Absolutely. We have our very first auction coming up. September 22nd through 29th. It's going to be an online auction and uh, it'll go up for preview. The site will go up for preview on September 20th. Then the auction will go live on the 22nd, running till the 29th. We've got lots of really great stuff. People have donated things. We've got some memorabilia. We've got some merch packages. We've got some instruments, all kinds of stuff. So um, definitely encourage people to stay tuned to our socials and we'll be releasing the link for that very soon.
1: I am so excited. I'm excited to see a lot of these prizes that are going to be donated off and um, auctioned off. I haven't seen all of them, but I have seen some of them and guys, there is some very exciting stuff out there. Whether you're a fan of sublime or just a fan of the music scene in general, you guys can hop in there, pick up some awesome stuff and all of the proceeds are going to go to getting Bradley's house up and built. So make sure you keep an eye on the social medias. It's the Noel family foundation. Absolutely everywhere. Go ahead ahead give them a follow uh, and make sure that you are subscribed To this podcast. Now, if you pick this link up because I shared it somewhere on social media or one of your friends shared it and you just listened to this interview, you need to go ahead and click that subscribe button because there could be some big shows coming up and you won't know about them unless you're subscribed. So hit that subscribe button. Go ahead and like and share. Give us the five stars. If we haven't earned it, we're going to earn it. Just click the five stars. It's for charity people doing the best we can here. Um, (laughs) So um, we hope that uh, we hope that you guys are enjoying the show. Like I said, as much as we're enjoying doing it and make sure you're following those socials. So you guys can be kept up to date on all the exciting things that are going on with the Noel family foundation. Now, Kelly, every single week we do the same thing. We leave the listeners with an amazing song and it's usually off of that incredible compilation, the house that Bradley built. And it's going to be no different this week, right?
2: Absolutely. And just to remind everybody, the compilation is still available at law-records.com. Our wonderful friends at Law Records made that available and um, there's still some some CD sets left. I believe there's still some t-shirts left and some digital downloads. So definitely head over there and check it out. And we're going to leave you with Mad Caddy's awesome cover of New song.
1: All right, guys. Thank you so much again for joining us in Bradley's house. Remember to like and subscribe, share with a friend. Until next time, I'm Jared Or. She's Kelly Noel, and we are out of time.
0: I heard that? Payback's a motherfucking bitch. I won't stress and I won't switch, and I would not take my life. Lord, please my God. The only thing on my mind, would well, it takes up my time, and I say, running from a gun, or some brain that weighs a ton, God it hurts to get so low, search it through the car, go to search it through the night, I think I'll run to you, but I refuse to falsify, God may find a reason, well I'm sure you I won't stress and I won't blast